Now the, the sliding head message is out there. People have now realised it is only a CNC lathe, which is no different than a fixed head lathe, just a difference in how we move the material around. So they've now embraced the technology and said this can benefit our company. Welcome to today's MTD podcast. Uh, I'm Paul Jones, the founder and managing director of MTD CNC. And today I have the privilege of being at Star GB in, uh, in Derby at their headquarters. Uh, and I'm going to be talking to Steve Totty today. Now, Steve is currently the managing director of the company. Uh, he's been at Star for 20 years now, would you believe? And that's really uh, principally the reason that uh, I've come here to visit today to talk to Steve about how, how business has changed in the last two decades and how things at Star have evolved and the technologies that they can now offer. So Steve, uh, welcome to MTD's podcast. How are you doing? Fine, thank you, Paul. Now, now let's um, let's pick up with this twenty years, this two decades, because this uh, this fascinates me. I've known you probably for over, or probably half that, or maybe just over half that. Um, you started as engineering manager, then you went to operations manager, and of course now managing director, and you have been for almost six years. Uh, big differences between those three occupations? Just a bit. <laughs> So let's start with the engineering manager one. When you started, Steve, what, what was life like here then at Star? Um, a lot quieter. Um, yeah, very different when I think about it, really. You know, in those days, we as a, as a business were maybe selling 25, 30 machines a year. Uh, a lot of the machines were machine, bar feeder, swarf conveyor, deliver, install, commission, and, and that was it. Um, nowadays, that would be a luxury to get something like that. Now, when, but when you started that job, what was your your previous history then? Um, did you come from, you know, from a machine shop or from that um, that area? Yeah, I was a bit of a bit of a nomad. Worked for numerous companies, setting cam sliding heads. That was my trade. I served my apprenticeship at Stanley Tools a long, long time ago, and then worked different parts of the country setting cam machines from you know Petermans, Becklers. Stroms, all sorts, uh, and then CNCs, uh, Tornos machines, in fact. So then you moved into this engineering manager. You probably were a perfect fit then, really, weren't you? Engineering manager for a, a company like Star, hand in glove. Maybe to a degree for myself, the first few weeks of being here, I was thinking, what, what have I done this for? You know, I was used to you know, actively being involved, setting machines, seeing something every day of what I'd done. And suddenly working in an office was a, a, a bit of a culture shock. Now, this is when the company would have been based in Melbourne in Derbyshire. Correct. Wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and, and the size of the business then was a lot different to what it is now. And like you've, you've, you've correctly identified already, the amount, the volume of machines sold then mm. was, was a lot different to now. Um, then you went into operations. So what was the difference between engineering manager and operations? Steve? Well, the difference was you've missed the job out. I was the service manager oh, as well. Understand. I went from applications to eventually service manager, which again was another uh, big shift. But the, the the good part, the easy part of that to a degree was I knew the people I was speaking to because I'd spoke to them invariably over, you know, applications issues. So suddenly it was the service side, which wasn't my strength, but I, I knew the people and I knew the a lot of the answers. And if I didn't, I knew the people I could get the answers from. So... Uh, that was quite a, a, 
one of the more enjoyable times uh, during my 20 years because it was you know never a dull moment well that pieces the puzzle together quite well then in a sense really because engineer manager service manager operations manager into managing director means you again would, were, then was I was general I was general manager general after <laughs> operations manager we like titles <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but all of those roles then perfectly pos positioned you then to become the managing director um, which would have been no easy task taking over from uh, uh, Mr Bob Hunt who we all know well yes um, that's a bit yeah. like in some ways uh, the the next Sheffield United manager, isn't it? Having to take on that that responsibility after such a success. Well, nobody can outdo what Sheffield United did, <laughs> and as you know full well, as a uh, as a fan of a side that we've taken four points off this year, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, had the pleasure of being with you at one of those uh, events as yes. well. But on a serious note, Bob was it Bob. I mean, Bob's reputation here at Star. He did some fantastic oh, things yeah. for this business. I mean, and Bob took me and several people on who are still here now. We've got you know. Chaz Bilko, 17 years, you know, Stuart Perry, 13 years, Phil Bellamy, probably 16 years, you know, all those people were taken on in Bob's tenure. He had the vision. And, and I said, when I, uh, when we did the official opening here and the, and the, also the 20 year anniversary, I said, I was just really picking up on the uh, foundations that Bob had laid. It was, it was a relatively easy transition for me because, you know, don't change what's not, it's not broken. You don't have to fix anything. It was just a case of, moving things different directions more on the, um, you know, moving more electronic than paper-based because, you know, Bob was, you know, of a, of a, from, a, from an era where, you know, files and everything were done on paper, now we're more electronic. But the, the infrastructure that Bob put in, in, in taking, you know, myself and a lot of the people on to build on the service and support was his, his vision of where Star needed to be, or A&S Precision, um, and I've just carried on with that. And and he he was very successful in what where he steered the business, wasn't he? And like you say, um, responsible in a big way for some of the the growth over the past two decades. But what can't be forgotten in amongst that is the the product portfolio that is has been part of that success. And uh, how much has that evolved in the two decades that you've been here, Steve? Oh, hugely. When you know, again, when I started, we could we were still selling machines that didn't have a subspindle, and people would buy a machine without a subspindle. You know, machines without driven tools. Now we don't offer, you know, our most basic machine is, is you know, power tools on the front, power tools on the bike, subspindle, C-axis main, C-axis sub, probably seven axes as a minimum up to sort of 13, whereas back in those days you could get a, a sort of three, four axis machine. And, and why have Star uh, come along this journey to, to produce these machines? When you look at them, um, you know, turning, pr pr predominantly previously turning, threading, boring, reaming, all of those elements, but now you've, you know, we're talking about milling, contouring, profiling, all of those things have really been brought about in order to make your offering more universal, haven't they, on sliding headlights? Open up audiences, new audiences for yeah, you. Yeah, I think, to be truthful, Paul, though, a lot of that has been customer-driven, customers looking at the concepts of sliding heads, and, and we understand why they are quicker than a fixed head because of you know the, the sort of layout of the machines. And then people are running fixed heads of saying, you know, why can't we do this on a slide net? If it fits under the, you know, the for us the forty-two millimeter diameter, for others thirty-five, thirty-six, you know, you know, there's other people, you know, Citizen Tornos making slide nets who are all doing the same. If you've got the, the right part and it's under that size, then you can make it on a sliding head because of the driven tool capability, all these other things that back in the day weren't available. You made them on a fixed head, put them on a VMC. Nowadays, and, and I say I think that's been mainly driven by customer demand 
for this and 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 ourselves and and say other slide needle manufacturers picking up on that and 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 you know em, embracing that and moving with the technology to make it happen and do you still go into machine shops these days and still see them doing uh, what you've just mentioned in in a, in a more antiquated way as as would have been done 20 years ago you know it is is the curve are, are are we are people changing the way they do things now are we still is there still a lot of businesses stuck in their old habits and old ways that could be doing things a lot better that frustrate you sometimes maybe yeah i think i mean definitely now the the sliding head message is out there more the you know the the fear this black art which you know the cam side of it was a bit of a black art that you know people have now realize it is only a cnc lathe which is you know no different than a fixed head lathe just a difference in how we move the material around so that the, those sort of boundaries are being broken down and and companies are going back going back 20 years we sold to sliding head customers there was x amount of sliding head customers big big companies who just bought and ran sliding heads and another manufacturing facility steered clear because of the fear nowadays we're selling to companies who do fabrication we're selling to companies who do welding we're selling to companies who are predominantly fixed head or vmc driven because they've now embraced the, the technology and said you know this this can benefit our company and and quite poignantly that that takes me on to my next point do you think that software is responsible for a lot of that because we've talked about the hardware um you know the capabilities of the machine and the operations it can do but some of those barriers to entry and those fears have been erased, in my opinion, by the software, how easy the controls are to use, some of the, the software you offer, NC Assist and things like that, just make that learning curve a little bit more simple. Yeah, no, I agreed. I mean, I don't think the full CAD CAM packages, there's some people do that, but yes, I think there's been a lot of um, systems put in place by us and say other slide and end manufacturers who've overlooked it. So let's try and make this as simplistic as we can to, again to get rid of the the fear because when when if you're from a fixed head background you look at a slide head there seems to be a lot going on there isn't a great deal if you break it down to you know one two tools in court maybe three but if you break it right down it's not anywhere near as complicated as it looks and i think you're right then with with nc assist and various template driven software systems we've done it, it takes the nervousness out from customers and, and that's why we do all our training on that sort of template based thing so it gives it gives the customers a, a good starting point. And one of the other areas is, is, the, is the size of the parts that can now be manufactured on these machines. And I believe this is another reason why the audience has become much wider. Um, sort of 42, over 40 mil bar diameters now possible. Is this as big as it can get or do you think it can go bigger? I'm not sure. I mean, it's, a lot of it is then, you know, a three meter bar being driven uh, or four meter bar being driven over that length held and supported at the very front just by a guide bush. So I think you've got to look at sort of power and torque, et cetera, et cetera, vibration on the bar. So if you're getting bigger, there may be an issue with there. Um, you know, there are a couple of manufacturers uh, who, who will go up to 45 millimetres already, but I, I personally think 42 is about the maximum we should, we should be at. And with the introduction of, of bigger bar diameters, you've also got machines now, like, for example, the ST38 that's got three turrets on it so that's then lending itself again it's it, it's again it's once again it's broadening where the machines fit isn't it this is a perfect illustration of star looking at the market seeing what customers are doing and thinking whether they can develop a machine that will satisfy those other areas yeah um, uh, you know it'd be, it'd be ideal if we could have different machines in a portfolio but we don't we are a sliding head manufacturer yes we have been developing a fixed head stock machine in japan uh, but you know, as a sliding head manufacturer, we've stuck to our 
sort of core principles and yes, uh, uh, gone up in, in size because there's a lot of fixed head machines that are running sub 42 millimeters. So now you, again, you can put that on a, on a slide net just by the layout of the machine, uh, th- it will be quicker. You know, a platen will always be quicker than a turret. You know, just chip to chip time w- will, and therefore sliding heads with with a platen and or a turret, or and, and as we do the SV, which has as one of but one of each, gives you the flexibility and the speed, um, which I think you know more and more fixed head stock users are looking at that and saying that's a way to maximise you know, investment and, and make more money. Mm. And, and Star as an organisation being, um, as you've you've said yourself, mainly or are turning that, okay, they might be looking at a fixed head machine as well now, is the fact that they've really focused on their core values, what they do has meant that they are, you know, not, not just a jack of all trades here, they are a master of the one that they do. Some machine tool businesses might try and develop new machines in all these different areas, grinding, turning, milling, 3D printing as well, all of these, and maybe take their eye off the ball on the one core area that they've made a success from. Um, do you think that part of the reason of, of Star's success is the fact that they are they have come from this, this this turning background? They've really focused on that. Yeah, you say they might have a fixed head machine as well now, but they've not diversified and started to introduce different machines of different disciplines and and become almost like a you know a, a jack of all trades and, and and take their eye off the ball on the turning. They're very much focused on what they do, and that's probably one of the reasons that they are as successful as they are. No, I'd agree. That's that. That would be to me our strongest point. That everybody here knows and understands sliding heads. Nothing else. You don't ring up and get a guy who's you know great on VMCs but doesn't really know much about the sliding heads. So, from a a engineering point of view, from the company, which has always been my bias, is is great because we we can become the masters of that. From a sales point of view. It'd be nice to have different machines in a portfolio, but you know, I would I would prefer to stick at one product, knowing that we 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 are going to be the best we can with that sort of technology. And you say you are an engineering company that's that supplies or sells machines, which is quite the reverse of maybe some other businesses, isn't it? How important is it for you as the managing director for that to be known to to the UK market? For me, I, I think it, it, it's critical. It, it's probably not the the done thing, but you know, we're we're tasked nowadays, you know, with solving problems. You know, we we don't get orders for a machine and a bar feeder that we deliver. We get you know ten part turnkey. We get given parts that are going to test the best of our application engineers to even see can it be done on the machine. And and that for me is going to be our strength going forward. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, whatever I'm in charge, we'll we'll carry on going down that route. And that must be, um, again, partially responsible uh, for the way the company continues to grow because engineers, uh, machining businesses out there do look upon the skills and the expertise of, 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 of guys like yourself. Um, so I would credit you with the fact here that, that one of the reasons you've maintained that position as a, a number one uh, in the sales of sliding head lathes is, is not just the product, but it's testament to what you do here and what you can see here. I mean, how much, Steve, how, how many of the sales of machines do involve a turnkey now, would you say, as a percentage? Um, difficult to say. Probably probably 30, 35% of, of all machines that go in would, would, would require either a turnkey or, or some acceptance trials. But even on the even on the ones that technically aren't, we're down there when, when we're installing the machines, a part of the training, we're, we're training around specific components for them. It might not be bought as a turnkey, but they'll be established users who know our product and they want some help in maybe doing 
some features on a machine that they don't normally do. So they're learning on the job, but they don't need it specifically for a component. And how do you how do you grow this business a bit more now going forward? I mean, what do you say to your sales guys in a sales meeting? Come on, guys, you know there is more opportunities out there. Than, you know these machines are far more capable now. Have you thought about this industry, that industry? Is there anything that you sort of you know, without giving away all your secrets, kind of see the see the uh, pattern. My of the sales future. guys would love to think that that side of sales meetings <laughs> run here. Well, well, but unfortunately, I think you know me better than that. So, uh, no, we we have got more opportunities. We we have got a great resource in the fact that we've got a showroom which we didn't have when we were in the old building. Um, you know, we, we we do a lot more marketing. We we, we you know the doors are sort of getting open for more and more people. Uh, and 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 all we were trying to say with our sales guys is, you know, when you're talking to people, get them to come here, let them come and see what we can do. We've always got machines on demo. We've got parts, display parts, and and it's really getting people to look. You know, get rid of the blinkers of slide head, high volume, simple parts to you know prismatic. What we can do. You know, we've got guys making one offs. You know, we've got companies. We've got a customer called Prototype Productions. By definition, that's what they do. So it, it, it's sort of breaking down them barriers. And and from a sales point of view, it's really trying to get in get into some of these other companies and, and let them realize the benefits of, of sliding heads that's to me that's the way we'll grow we, we can't just keep selling to the same people yeah no no and i think a lot uh, you do get a lot of new users year on year because we visit a lot of them you know and doing some quite magical components as well in different parts and um, people talk about automation all the time as well now in this industry but isn't this something that you've been practicing for a long time when you look at sliding heads well, I suppose just just by having a bar feed on a machine is, is makes it automates it. You know, from a fixed dead stock background, when certain people have got just you know loading a billet, taking it out, you've got a man on a machine. You know, when we sell in the first slider to any customer, we, we're trying to say this is the, the issue you'll have is you can't have a man on that machine because there'll be nothing for him to do, and and which is good because then people and and again this goes for us and our competitors, they tend to sell another machine within 18 months and then another because that's you know that's how you're going to make money having one man working on a sliding head is not is not the way forward because rest assured your competitors will have more than one machine and one guy split between three or four uh, which is which is you know a sensible way of doing it uh, and then and then on the service uh, this is a this is a huge area isn't it i mean you 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 would always say and I, and, and i believe i'd be right in saying that you know the salesman might sell the first machine um the service will will sell the second. I think that's the same across the board. I think in, in any in any any uh, walk of life, if if what you buy does as it's meant to do and is supported and looked after, you can do this with buying who you buy your electricity from or anything. If you if you get looked after and get a good service, then you'll come back. And yes, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it, definitely in our industry, service and support is paramount. We're all customers in his own right in various things in life and we all want to be treated well we want to we have we want communication we want to know when something's happening machines break down of course it, it you know all our machines will break down at some point it's how you deal with that and you know we we, would, we refuse to have automated phone systems we want people to be able to pick up you know every member of staff here has a, has a business card with their mobile on we, we you know we're there to be we're there to be contacted i to me, that that's that's how you get judged as a business. Not on I sold that machine and we made X amount of money. It's it's, so it's what you do. Yeah, yeah, it's what you do as as that engineering company that you've said. Um, we we started this podcast Steve, by talking about where the machines kind of started. The more more simple uh, type of machine solution. You know, we're now looking at machines here from Star that are 
uh, have the ability to have B-axis on them, turrets, you know, uh, twin spindlers, you know, and, and, and more and more features. Where does it go next? What else can they add to these machines that will take the business to the next level and open more doors? I'm, I'm not sure, to be to be brutally honest. Every time a new machine comes out and the, you think that's quicker than the last one, how? But then that's I suppose that's technology processing speed, motors, power, etc. cetera. Uh, again, I think it will come down to market uh, market demands uh, and 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 star and and say citizen Tornos, Sagami, all these other people looking at the marketplace and seeing what else we can do within that envelope. You know, we've had lasers on machines. You know, there's, there's you know we've got ro- we're doing a project at the moment where we're going to have to put a robot inside the machine to load a blank and and then put it into the, and then the subspindle will pick it up and machine it. it. It's 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 really going to be driven by demands from, from and it, customers. It, it may be more down to software than you know you you take the hft that you have on your machines and other things that you've introduced that enable you to cut parts quicker maybe do parts that you couldn't have done before because you had to intervene and, and it wasn't as cost effective to do it so there could be some quicker yeah. wins in yeah. those areas yeah i think i think you know a lot of machine tool companies the control is the control but we it's a bit like a PC. We touch a little bit of that control of what the power of the controls can do. And we've got, as you've seen before, when we did the cell with Fanuc, where we were picking a part up, we're then, we're then cleaning it, gauging it, feeding that data back in time, altering offsets. You know, so if, it's a, if it's moved two microns, the machine will automatically adjust itself. So, you know, jobs before, which would be require a lot of people and grinding operations because of tolerances and, and then making them a process, now suddenly can be a process because the machine capability on the software side can handle it. And, yeah. Uh, 20 years. Um, when does a watch come? Is it 25, 30 or and what watch would I'd it be? I'd have to learn to tell the time first, <laughs> I'd imagine. <laughs> well, if I can't get you on that one, then what about this one? Um, where's Sheffield United going to end up this year in the league, do you think? And I'll hold you to this when the season comes to a close. We we won't get relegated. Right. Above Arsenal or just below, do you think? Uh because you haven't edited this, I will say I will say below <laughs> Arsenal. Because you'll edit it and say I said above Arsenal. So well, on that note, thank <laughs> you very much. Or maybe on the same. We maybe go for the same points. Yeah, probably, maybe, you know. maybe, and we'll win on goal difference. Uh, Steve, yeah. it's been a pleasure being here today. Um, it is a fascinating uh, journey you've been on over the last twenty years. It's been great to know you and, and see the business grow so much, uh, certainly in the last decade. Uh, thank you very much, Steve, for your time. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.